and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We are so excited to be back again this week. Um, this is a broadcast put on by SPED Homeschool. We are a nonprofit, and um, we our purpose is to empower parents to um, homeschool children with special educational needs. And so every month we focus on a different topic and then we um, we have special guests join us who have expertise in that area. And this month we're starting a new topic of teaching multiple learners. And that's a question oftentimes every homeschooler, homeschooling group, um, expert, parent, another parent, gets a question about it's like how how do you actually teach a three-year-old a five-year-old a seven-year-old maybe even older and age gaps in between um because it's not something that we see happen in the school system but homeschoolers do it all the time and so it is possible and so um so tonight we're going to be talking about um teaching multiple learners using using experiential education and i'm so excited to introduce you to sunny torres welcome sunny i'm so glad to have you with us tonight thank you it's a pleasure and an honor for sure yeah i got to meet sunny about a month ago we were on a panel together and i thought I got to have this lady on this broadcast because she has a lot of really good information to share. And and you have kids with a really wide age gap. And I think that that was the thing that um, that made me think that this probably was a good month to have you on. So I would just love um, after I introduce our sponsor, I'm going to um, ask you a question just so that our viewers can get to know you. But I want to first start out by thanking Bookshark for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. And you'll hear more about them about midway through our broadcast. But if you want to learn more right away, you can visit them at bookshark.com. So, um, so yeah, so Sunny, as we're kind of getting started, I would just love you to t um, tell our audience a little bit about your homeschooling journey and your family and your kids, and then a little bit about experiential education, because maybe that's a new word that a lot of our parents haven't heard. So I'm just going to leave that in your hands. I know you can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my name is Sunny Torres, also known as Sunita. Sunny is easier for remember so i go by that mm -hmm. um i have been married coming up on 20 years now to my wonderful husband awesome. william we have two children one who just uh, graduated from high school he is 18 okay. and a daughter who is nine and still homeschooling um, awesome. we've been a ministry family for all the years we've been together and we've cool. also homeschooled all the years that we've had our kids mm -hmm. so um it's been an awesome journey to learn uh, how to cater to what our children need as opposed mm. to what other people think they might need. And that's a very good point. And things mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, and experiential education was a term that we didn't even know when we started, but we mm. knew that there had to be some type of experience in order to learn. My husband mm. and I grew up in um, very uh, rough households, mm. um, depending on which one you look at. So like mine was, um, tough like emotionally and and mm. his was more tough like he lived in new york and dealt with all the gangs and such oh, wow. um mm. that was our experiences right and we learned from those but we wanted our children that's to true have different experiences mm. so we learned from our experience to expand and um 
cause our children to have a better experience than what we had to grow up with, but mm. still learning good principles that yeah. even, even through the negative learning, we also mm. learned positive things, but we wanted more positive things in our children's lives. And therefore yeah. we cultivated our household in order to make more positive experiences, even when you have to learn about negative things. That's, I, yeah. The, that word cultivate. Um, and, and being able to take, the negatives and the positives and learn from it all. That's um, I think sometimes we forget that that learning comes from all those places, but we, it, it's the spin you take on it. And I love your positive spin, even on your background and your husband's background to, um, to move forward with that. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, that's, that, that's a really awesome way to, to frame that. Um, and so how did you get started? You just started homeschooling off the bat and just said, this is what we're going to do and just dove in right away. Have you always known that you wanted to homeschool? Um, I didn't know that I wanted to homeschool. It was more of a prayer situation. I was pregnant with my first child and I prayed and said, okay, God, this feels different. Hmm. What different things do you want for me to do for my child? Because, you know, I don't want to replicate what I came from. And I want to replicate what my husband came from. We want a better, more Jesus-centered and, mm. you know, Christian, holier lifestyle. Like, uh -huh. could be, you know, but how are we going to teach our child without it becoming a burden to our child? And right. because we wanted to be get intrinsic to who he is as a person, mm. we wanted to um, build Christian values and faith into his everyday life as if it was normalcy mm. and that was you know it wasn't an expectation but it was just normal for him so yeah. what we did was we prayed and i i just really felt this nudge to like really learn more about ho the homeschooling process even mm. pregnant with my son and i was like i looked wow. at god you know yeah you look at the sky and you're like are you sure <laughs> Uh-huh. Me? Uh. <laughs> like, I was public schooled. He was public schooled. It wasn't the best idea, you know? Right. Like, you know, we could put him in private school, put him in Christian school. Like, we went through all of the options mm. in our minds and we just felt right. that we'd be rejected, you know? It was just mm. not right for our spiritual journey that we were desiring for our son. And so we both agreed, then agreed that homeschool would be the way that we would go even from the womb. So we started reading, mm. reading him the Proverbs as soon as we knew he could hear mm. and on the inside and began to give wisdom that way because, the uh, you know, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So yeah. we wanted to begin his journey in wisdom and learning mm. about the Lord in a way where he already had it as part of his narrative in his own mind. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think you're speaking probably to a lot of people's hearts that are on the fence post. They started probably school in a system this year and are going, I think I felt that call <laughs> and I'm ignoring it. And maybe I really should have paid attention to it. And I just want to encourage you if, if you're, that's where you're at. Um, it's not too late. You, you can withdraw and homeschool at any point. So, um, if God is nudging you that way, um, just want to encourage you. I just felt um, convicted to say that. <laughs> so there's got to be somebody out there that needed to hear it. Um, but, um, but if you're joining us live and I see we have a lot of guests live with us right now, just know that you can put your comments, your questions in the feed as we're talking about, um, 
teaching multiple age learners, experiential education. Um, we want you to be part of this conversation. That's why we're live. So, um, so definitely add those comments and your questions and we will build those into our conversation as we go along. Um, so how did you then incorporate experiential learning into your homeschooling, especially, you know, teaching to the unique bent of each your child, the unique needs of each of your children? Um, how did that kind of play out and look? Well, I think a blessing was the fact that I had enough time to kind of figure out the mm. one kid before we had the other kid. Since there is a that, nine year gap. <laughs> <laughs> Since there was a nine year gap, I had an, a full nine years to learn mm. about my son in the best way in order to um, help him along um, yeah. through his journey. And he was a self starter. He was very, very, um, ready to begin learning from mm. a very young age so like he was learning mm. to read he was three years old and he was prolifically reading that's uh, not normal right no for mm -mm. but mm -hmm. from my when i was growing up i learned to read at three with the same uh, kind of um, drive and passion to know things for myself as he had so he learned how to read at three so he would be able to know stuff for himself mm. because mm -hmm. he didn't want to wait for anybody to tell him and that <laughs> I kind of became okay. Well, now that can become a strong willed child, too. <laughs> yes. yeah. Let me tell you, I read that book while I was pregnant because God warned me ahead of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> read the strong willed child because you're going to need it. And I was like, mm. I'm afraid. But <laughs> I read it and it helps me to, you know, kind of grasp what it was that he was doing. So, like, it was more for him. It was more me catching up to where he needed to be as opposed like chasing him as opposed right. to me setting things up. And very few times during that, the course of his first nine years that I have to like jump in and say, here's a thing to do. Here's a thing to do. He'd always come up with a new idea. So like mm. he learned about Minecraft. He learned about all kinds of stuff that he really was became passionate about. And yeah. we just dove in like even mm. as a young child. Um, we did a lot of unit study type things because mm -hmm. he would fall in love with the subject and we would just do that subject. So we'd incorporate everything into that subject. So like he fell in love okay. with penguins. So mm -hmm. we watched penguin shows and we'd say, how many penguins do you think there are in that little area over there? Well, if there's that many over there and there's this big of an area, how many do you think are totally in this area? And then a lot of times, yeah. like, um, we might pause the video and see if we're right or, mm. you know, we do things like, um, so that was like penguin math. And then uh -huh. science is easy because you just learn about the life cycle of the penguin and how mm -hmm. they, you know, adapt and, and, you know, different types of penguin. It was, that mm. was the easy thing to do because right. it was like, he was already interested. So we just dove in. Full yeah. Uh -huh. So then as time went on, we just continued in that um, realm. And I did not push him to um, finish a, a thing faster than he was ready. So when That's he was done absorbing hard. everything he needed, he would put that thing down and find something else. And mm -hmm. in the meantime, while he was figuring those things out, I would give him like a dollar store, uh little books to do like mm -hmm. the little dollar store um, workbooks because he got bored very quickly. So mm -hmm. I said, well, if you're bored and we're in the car or something, see how much of this you think you can do. See how much, you know, let's ah, see what you know. Challenge. Love and it. Then <laughs> a lot of times he would finish the book before we'd get home, but wow. it wouldn't uh -huh. matter because he'd be like, I'm done. where's another one? Or mm -hmm. I want to do something else. And he'd 
go to his Legos or whatever. So mm-hmm. those first nine years were, were really great. And it was nice to have, um, those types of things that were available right at our fingertips and very easily. Right. So yeah. then we also used our own, um, our own like experiences to teach. So, hmm. um, anything that we had learned that we wanted to kind of give our children, we, mm-hmm. we would do that. Like my husband was really great at mechanics. So he would oh, take them yeah. away. Hey, let's uh-huh. go outside and, um, yeah. just kind of like, let's, let's figure out how this goes or how that goes. Mm-hmm. And that, kind of spurred him to thinking about other things like he got into welding and he, mm-hmm. he got ideas about other things based on what we were doing just in life and then i made everything an adventure so like oh, you move on yeah. the post office mm-hmm. it's, it's now a field trip <laughs> right <laughs> you know here's the field trip let's go and do this and let's you know how how much do you think the stamps cost can we count how much money there is do how much do i need if i want mm-hmm. this many um what do you think the postmaster does in the back what's the name of this person um things of that nature and mm. everything would become like a learning experience we'd visit the store we'd do the store math we you know mm-hmm. everything was an experience to him so that he was able to like see how the brain really works based mm. on the the way that life worked Right. And that's why we've embraced yeah. the term life schooling on, mm-hmm. and didn't even know it was a real term because like until recently, I did not look it up. I was just like, we life school. That's what we do. Oh. Like, there's an actual <laughs> group of people that believe that that life schooling is the way to go. So it's mm. literally it's not unschooling because unschooling right. is child led. Mm-hmm. But um it's life schooling in that you make God intrinsic to everything that you do to the point mm-hmm. where you are um, praying and believing that God is showing you how to bring out the gifts in your children that he gave mm-hmm. them. And, and the way that I did that was through the experiences and allowing him to enjoy right. things that he was interested in, knowing that it was a spark for a reason mm-hmm. and not just some whim or fancy that we were going to squash down and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that today. So right. You know, and then bigger things, we would, of course, plan those because obviously you can't just say, hey, let's go to SeaWorld or something. You know, you've right. got uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> to decide the how far you're going to go, how much expense you're going to do. Like you have mm-hmm. to be, you know, prepared for those things. But in that nine years, it was really good to just learn him. Now, when mm-hmm. my daughter came along, it was another experience because they I call them two sides of the same coin. They look uh-huh. exactly identical. They wow. are super totally different, totally opposite from each other. <laughs> so, um, uh, I had to learn a whole new person. Right. But so my son was old enough to handle himself and help as well. So mm. it was easier for me to then start to get to know her. And this is her ninth year. So I've gotten a mm. good amount of learning that I've done to yeah. learn who she is so that I can then cater the, um, things that we do in her favor. She is a more um structured type person, whereas mm. my son was more of an eclectic person. I mm. need more structure for her. So I then am adding those things in as she gets older and mm-hmm. wants, and she's craving more structure. Because oh, yeah. if I end up on a curriculum, it's not going to hurt mm-hmm. the, the experience because it's for the child to excel, not for me to feel better about myself. That's a very good perspective to have. It's not, you're, you're not 
focusing everything. The curriculum is not your master. It It's just a tool that you're finding more useful with one child than you did with another child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we did have spots where we did curriculum with him when he needed Mm -hmm. a little more. Right. Then most of the time, it wasn't the thing that he needed. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, jumping in out of curriculum is not a bad thing. Going, you know, to the things that you need in the library or online and getting Mm -hmm. those things, you don't have to commit to a way. It's just make it your your way, you guys' way, whatever works for your family. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That is such an important truth. And I, unfortunately, I, I think some homeschoolers never learn that lesson, um, that that it can be that simple. And so I just want to, um, <laughs> right after we, we started this next question, we had somebody from our YouTube channel say wow i was just looking on how to withdraw my child out of public school so i guess you were the one that needed to hear what we just said (laughs) that that was that was for you um but yes it um i mean i withdrew my son a month before school was over (laughs) and you think why don't you just finish off the year because it, it just it it was the time and we just needed to do it so don't ever feel like it's not the perfect time to homeschool. It always is. So, um, but, but yeah, I, you know, I love that. Um, what you're talking about, Sunny, too, is that you, you use curriculum for what you needed it for, but didn't feel like you needed the curriculum to figure out what you needed to do. God was right. in that place instead and he was leading and guiding. I, I found so many times too when, with my own kids that yeah, I would leave gaps in spaces where I didn't know what we were going to do for a certain subject or to cover certain things. Um, and I would just pray and something would come up. And I, I always thought if I filled that space, we wouldn't have had room for it. So, um, just to kind of leave that open and, right. and to allow that just to be filled in its own time and as your child needs it. So, um, so, you know, I, I think sometimes parents want to like wade into this carefully, <laughs> you know, this life schooling, maybe they, they kind of have their curriculum set since we're kind of at the beginning of the year and they're, they're trying to make it work, but then they, they listen to this podcast or they're watching it and say, Hmm, that has a lot of good concepts to it. You know, maybe I want to try this part-time um, or use the curriculum I have maybe intermixed. Um, do you have any suggestions for them on how they could possibly kind of try it out without jumping in with both feet? <laughs> well, if you haven't bought a whole curriculum, a lot of times they will send you a sample so you can see whether mm. or not it's something that you and your family would benefit from. Um, and point. sometimes they'll even have like little downloaded sheets. I think Sunlight Curriculum does that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think we got a, a sample of My Father's World before we got it. Mm. Um, just to see if it was something that would be helpful to us and beneficial. We also delved right. into, um, what was it? Uh, Rod and Staff for a few mm-hmm. yeah. and then timeforlearning.com you're really able to see before you get in kind of what you're expecting mm-hmm. from them mm-hmm. so i would say look for samples 
look for um, papers that come from there. Maybe some of the homeschool co-ops that are around, you might have, you know, book sales that you can go take a look at the information before Mm -hmm. you commit, Um, you know, and sometimes you'll find that it'll work first a little while and and then it'll not work anymore. Cause for Mm -hmm. instance, my son, um, once he'd learn a thing, he wouldn't want to repeat it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if there was like, so my father's world was a waste of money halfway only because if I had known it repeated itself so much beforehand, mm. we might not have bought the entire curriculum. You know, we would have bought Got what it. we needed. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, his first year of actual, like, he's on the books homeschooling. Yeah. So, you know, I would have picked, I would have picked and chosen kind of better what it was that we needed knowing that he doesn't like to repeat himself once he's got a concept, he wants to move on. Mm. Um, so those are things you take into account for your children's personality style and and the way that they like to learn. Some are more tactile learners. They'd like to have things in their hands to, right. to learn with. So they'd want more manipulatives than maybe mm-hmm. Rod and Staff might have because Rod and Staff is a very literature heavy yeah, and writing textbook. heavy curriculum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very good curriculum. It's very it thorough, mm-hmm. but it's only for those kids that really enjoy reading and wanting to learn from that type of environment. Mm-hmm. If your kid is like my son was, that's not going to work for very long. Like he'll be in it, but he won't finish it. Yeah. So, yep. and you can't be, um, you can't like marry yourself to finishing the, the rule that we've always advised if we can get 80% through what we would like to get through for the curriculum in that year, mm-hmm. 80% is good enough. As long as they have built up enough knowledge of the concepts and mm-hmm. have a mastery for themselves at the level mm-hmm. that we're trying to get to that, mm-hmm. that also coincides with how they learn as personality wise, then that's good enough for us. And that's how we did any type of curriculum that we added in. So mm-hmm. a lot of books you'll see like workbooks, they'll start repeating or he'll have already p- surpassed that concept, even just extrapolating whatever he needed to know from before. And mm-hmm. he's right. So we just put that book to the side and, and wait mm-hmm. and see if he comes back to it. And if he doesn't, we don't have a fit. You know, right. and we're doing the same thing for my daughter who likes the the accomplishment. She likes to finish the thing, uh, have yeah. an A plus uh-huh. and whatever. And we're not heavy on grades. Like we never really gave my son grades, but that's something she needs. So therefore mm. we give what she needs as far as the grades go. So those are yeah. things to take into account for each child. Some children are, you know, um, more bound by uh, accomplishments and achievements where other children mm-hmm. just don't care so much about that, except for if they feel accomplished by themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they feel like they learned something and that was, that's all that they needed. But so that, that's some really, yeah, very, very good advice. I, I hope you're all taking notes. <laughs> Because, yeah, I, you know, in schools, as I've heard from people who have taught in schools, if they finish 80% of the book, they're happy. You know, it's, we, we think as homeschoolers, we, we failed our children if we haven't finished the book 100%. And very rarely do even the schools, private or public schools, finish books. Right. That it's just, they're, there's other things that are more important and and so much our kids learn is not out of a book that they remember and that they utilize in years to come so right and um, i'd like to say also if you're learning something experientially and can back it up with a book mm, do that because mm-hmm. if you're already in it like for instance if you have your child outside doing mechanics you right. can then pull in the book that shows all of the 
mechanical insides and the diagrams and things of that nature. So Uh that also brings together that, yes, there are things you can learn from books. And when you need those and that information, you can look Mm -hmm. it up that way. And also to uh, look it up on the Internet and show them how to search things. That's one of the most important things I I taught my kids that I feel like they really flashed onto was to learn how to learn for themselves in that Mm -hmm. way. So they didn't ask that have to ask me all the time because I don't know every answer, but (laughs) I'm willing to learn along with you. Ah, So let's both learn together by asking the questions and finding those things out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do get caught in that trap and, um, yeah, I know you've talked a little bit about unit studies and coming out tomorrow, uh, we're going to have a new blog on our website with, I think, about close to 50 different subjects you can teach with multiple learners. Just something, a list you could take or pick from, and then a guide that we link to on how to write your own unit study, and you can go to the library, and your curriculum would be right there. That's, right, you just right. go off of the subject that your kids are interested in. and right and do that. So have you ever, um, you know, there's, there's large gap with your children, but I'm assuming with unit studies, you have done one subject at both the age level of your, your older child and your younger child. Um, what did that look like in your house? Studies are a huge part of that. I think that because the, both kids can kind of enhance their learning based on where they are in their mindset. So like, for instance, using continuing with penguins, right? Mm-hmm. My son might be interested in the anatomy and the physiology and all those things, but my daughter might be more interested in how many types of penguins are there. Mm-hmm. Now you've engaged. He's already studied these things. So mm-hmm. guess who's teaching who? Now uh, he's telling yeah. her what mm-hmm. he learned. And then she can tell him her ideas. Then they can collaborate together on those ideas mm-hmm. and learn more together, which I really love watching because mm-hmm. it's where you kind of get to step back and, and watch your kids work, you know? Mm-hmm. So like they might get an idea to maybe build a Lego set based on whatever that idea was that they just had. Well, now they're working together and right. it doesn't matter the age difference. She's now learning what he already knew. Mm-hmm. And she's now expanding her horizons and maybe even giving him an idea or an opportunity to think differently about something. Cause again, right. they are different people with different yep. personalities and thought processes. Mm-hmm. And one is not going to think the exact same as the other one. He, she might ask a question that he never thought to get an answer to. Right. So exactly. In mm-hmm. that model, you're able to um, watch your kids kind of teach each other and mm-hmm. then, bring you in when they both might not know the answer. And then it becomes mm-hmm. a, a more of a symbiotic type of education as opposed to, mm-hmm. I have to stand here and teach you. Now it's become a life experience that we have together. Right. Yeah. And research shows that there we learn through relationships. We don't learn by having information thrown at us. You have to interact with it. And right. the only way you can interact with it is with other people. And so, um, so that's, it's, it's such a benefit. And I, I think that we avoid that benefit out of fear that, well, the older child's not going to learn anything or the younger child won't understand it. I mean, that's oftentimes those responses that you hear from families that, um, that kind of avoid that intermixing that they want to have a whole set of curriculum at this level for one child and a whole set of curriculum. And, um, 
I think that runs mom into the ground. But <laughs> if you think about how education began in a schoolhouse to begin with, when mm-hmm. they when they started, everybody was in one room learning yeah. at their pace. Mm-hmm. And the older ones that knew some more were teaching the younger ones. And yeah. they didn't separate them into skill level and such because they didn't have the curriculum. They didn't have the books. Mm-hmm. They didn't have mm-hmm. all the things that we now have to, to separate everything. They had yeah. to bring everybody together. And when they didn't have school, they schooled at home and mm-hmm. learned experientially through the learning that they gained from their parents right. and living on farms and doing mm-hmm. the work of the industries that their parents were involved in, learning that right. type of math and science mm-hmm. and history and even sometimes different languages, depending on where you live. And right. I think we lose that because of the necessity to succeed so much mm-hmm. in what we're mm-hmm. doing. Like you said, so yeah. a lot of times we're so obsessed with getting to the hundred percent that we're mm-hmm. not worried about how we actually, do we actually learn? Have we actually grown? Um, yeah. Is there something that we've latched onto that I will remember for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. If anybody watching would just go point. back in their mind for a second and tell and, and just think about how many things from just, if you were public school, one mm-hmm. of the years, your freshman year, let's look at your freshman year. What do you remember that you learned from just your freshman year of high school and right. see if you can remember anything that had nothing to do with you being experiential, hands-on, things of that yeah. nature. If you can't remember anything, it's because you didn't learn it. Mm. You just repeated it for the process. So you right. could look as though you had a proficiency, but the truth was you memorized it and spat it out. And that's as far as it went. It did not right. become a part of who you are as a person mm-hmm. in your experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Those are the things Great that you look example. at. What do you, what do you need to teach mm-hmm. your kids? The things that you know will stick with them and yeah. in, in faith, in family, in just doing even menial jobs. You didn't learn it by st- sitting there and staring at a person memorizing. This is how you hold a broom. This is how you sweep. You <laughs> right. actually did the thing and then it became part of your life, even to the mm. part where sometimes you can unconsciously do it because it's so a part of your learning process. Yeah. And you don't even think about when did I learn to hold a broom? How did I remember yeah. to wash a dish? It all mm. was experiential learning that mm-hmm. you yourself went through. And now it's part of who you are as a person. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I I love that because, yeah, it's something we don't say enough. And I I think we we just, our society doesn't say it at all because we're we're so bent on testing and curriculum and looking at education from that perspective versus the, the stuff that sticks. And I think your example is right on. We, you know, I go back and think, what did I remember from my freshman year? That uh, my teacher told me I needed to print because my handwriting was so atrocious he couldn't read my cursive. <laughs> That's about the only thing I remember of that year. <laughs> my favorite memories are art, drama, hmm. and music. But those oh, are all experiences. But those are, yeah. That you that become so part true. of and use your own emotion to mm-hmm. express yourself through. Those are the things that I remember most. And language, because I was very big into learning Spanish at that time mm-hmm. in my life. So it became part of my emotional response to things like, oh, how would I say this, you I know, to my that. Spanish friend? You uh-huh. know, I'm sorry for your loss or something mm-hmm. of that nature. It becomes mm-hmm. part of 
what you're doing daily. So right, you were know, even learning it. a language you integrated mm-hmm. because it becomes yeah. emotional. Those romance languages are not called romance for no reason. There's emotion and <laughs> There's, drama. Right. You know, if you yeah. pronounce the word this way and the same word a different way, it might mean something different. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. All those things. And um, another thing that I think is good if you do American Sign Language, mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. have to speak with emotion with your hands. Right. You have to be part of the conversation in a way where everybody's engaged. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that keeps your focus because the hands are moving, the mouth is moving, yeah. and you constantly have your focus on what is happening yeah. as opposed to being focused anywhere else. You'll miss something. If you mm-hmm. take your eyes off the other person, you will miss something. So right. those are the things that I remember from even even grade school. Those, mm-hmm. those are the things that traveled with me. Like, I still know right. how to do the alphabet in sign language mm-hmm. at 41 years old, not because I practice it all the time now. It's just because it became a part of me from the experiences that I had. And it mm-hmm. actually helped me to help other people during my time just being a human. It's right. been, you know, like I worked at a, a convenience store where a woman couldn't speak and, and she could not express herself because mm-hmm. she only knew sign language. And she didn't think anybody else around her knew. So she's trying to express herself on a piece of paper and she was in trouble. Mm -hmm. I was able to work with her and Mm -hmm. spell out different things, act them out. And and even though I wasn't prolific, we still got the point across to each other and I was able to help her. But if I had never had the experience to do so as a child, it would Mm -hmm. never have stayed with me to be able to be part of that experience growing up. It's, you know, those are the, those are the testimonies you want to hear. Mm-hmm. When somebody says that they've, you know, learned a thing, okay, show me, right? Show me, yeah, exactly, yep, yeah. We had a new intern that started today, and part of you know just getting his email set up and other things. I'm like, okay, so you're going to take a quiz at the end of these, but then you have an activity. You actually have to email me from your new account because <laughs> <laughs> that experience will tell me if you actually learned it <laughs> versus right. you taking the quiz. <laughs> right, right, right. The quiz was just to remind you yeah, <laughs> that you were supposed to email me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so true. Well, we are over halfway through already, so I'm going to take a quick break, let Sunny pop off for a while, and we're going to hear from our sponsor, and then we're going to continue this conversation so um so definitely stay tuned and i'll see you in a second sunny um but we are going to hear from from our sponsors bookshark and i'm going to bring up this and one more thing if you're listening on the podcast i um, apologize for a little bit of uh back and forth here but um but thank you bookshark for sponsoring this episode of empowering conversations um I'm going to read the, the little bit that they have to share with you. Bookshark was the best thing I've done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. Well, we at Sped Homeschool agree. We have heard from many families that they love Bookshark. Wondering how you can jump onto this Bookshark wagon? Start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog download samples, and see scope and sequence charts that is taught at each level. And there's also a blog at bookshark.com slash blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site also has so much free information about how to teach your kids, whether you use Bookshark or not. 
So hear that. You can just check out their sites even if you don't use them. And another example example is you get can get a free unit study. We were just talking about unit studies. Um, and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. So let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, we switched to Bookshark language arts this year. This was the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We're looking forward to adding more subjects next year. And Catherine says, pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. We're so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day and open to go component and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Well, see if Bookshark is a good fit for your family as it was for these moms. Just visit bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add the slash freebie to get that free unit study. So I really do encourage you to do that um, and and see if this is just a, a really good fit for your family. Um, as um, we were talking about earlier with Sunny, you know, you can use some of these these things for um, just the short term um, in between and with those freebies, that, that's a good way to try it out. Um, so, so welcome back, Sunny. Glad to have you with us again. And um, just to continue this conversation, it's been so, so good. I, you're, you're speaking the truth, lady, <laughs> and I love it. So, um, but but yeah, I think we do, we talk so much about methods instead of just following our kids and and who they are and discovering who they are and taking that time to learn that and just invite them into life with us. As you were talking about this life schooling approach and learning through experiences, um, we want to program so much of life. And yet the best lessons are sometimes just right in front of us, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for instance, um, uh, when I know that, uh, a lot of people maybe on here also have special learners, yeah. um, mm -hmm. that they're having maybe difficulty figuring out how to add them into certain aspects of life and mm -hmm. things because they might not respond the same way as right. other, um, mm -hmm. learners. And I would say still the same, meet them where they are and bring mm -hmm. them in as you can as much as they can can handle and do yeah. it that way um i know lorelei who was on who was the host of the last one she's really good mm -hmm. at that i've seen her do it her kids um were an inspiration to me mm -hmm. and just i love talking to her son um from day one she's like i'm sorry if he you know overspoke or i was like dude i love that he can latch on to history the way he has mm. and just tell me everything. I learned stuff that I've never heard before from this teenager because <laughs> he is so in love with this certain part of history that he just mm -hmm. felt the need to expound. And he was just happy to have somebody listen to him. Mm. A lot of times it's just us being able to have the patience to listen to what they're saying so true. and yes. allowing them that space. My son um, and my daughter both have different types of dyslexia. Mm. And, uh, my son is a storyteller when he, mm. when, when he gets to the part where he wants to tell a story, it might take him 45 minutes, especially when he was little and very, very talkative. Oh yeah. But I'll tell you one of the best times I had with him was we were laying in my bed and I just woken up and he had a story he had to tell me. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> he was about seven and he just had the story burning in his soul and I said mm-hmm. oh honey what what is what and I'm so tired it's like uh-huh. he's like I have to tell you the story and he starts mm-hmm. telling me the story about this alien invasion that he had a dream about mm-hmm. and the, the I'm telling you the story for 45 minutes long but it was an experiential story because we had talked we had taught him some basic sign language growing up because he was very upset about not being able to communicate right away. Mm -hmm. And this is like before kids form sentences, he was annoyed that he couldn't couldn't do it. (laughs) We we learned basic sign language with him Uh so he could express himself enough that he wouldn't have the anger Mm -hmm. for not being able to express himself. And then as he got his words about him, which is why he taught himself to read by three so he got uh-huh. the words he needed yeah. by seven he was a prolific storyteller so mm-hmm. he came in and we had a whole like hands like going in and this alien came and then this alien and he's like mom oh, wow. give me your hand and this uh-huh. here and like we had a whole 45 minute like mini movie drama on wow. my pillows where <laughs> if i hadn't opened the door for him to do that and mm-hmm. give him the opportunity and the comfort to do that that would have oh, never been an experience yeah. i now have in his you know 11 right. years later to be able mm-hmm. to even tell him remember that day that we had that experience so right. in that i say listen a lot and mm-hmm. trying to try to have the patience to listen a lot. I, my daughter is a very talkative person, very social. Mm-hmm. And she tells a story. But the thing is that she also makes them up. She'll do videos of them. And oh, like cool. she, yeah. she really enjoys watching those things on YouTube as well. So that's part of her learning experience. Mm-hmm. And the hard part for me is to remember to listen when she's talking because she does talk a lot. So mm-hmm. I have to remind myself to tune my ears in. And I told her, if I have to say, sorry, honey, can you repeat that? Don't be upset with me because I mm-hmm. want to hear what you're saying. I just wasn't ready. Right. So we, we work on That's a great, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll even ask and give an assessment. Hey, do you think that I listened to you enough this week? Is there something that you thought I missed That's that I should have paid more attention yeah. to? And mm-hmm. that I think works well with any kid, especially one that needs more time to express their feelings Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. in a different way through art or something like that. I have a friend who also has um, two little girls with um, autism. Mm. There are two different parts of the spectrum and part of one of the children who's higher on the spectrum than the other was she used art to tell her Mm. stories. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting angry that she used up all the paper, her mom would get more paper and more (laughs) crayons and more markers so that she's able to tell how she feels and what she sees and how she sees Mm. through her artwork. And those types of things I think are really beneficial to have on hand at all times, just have it available and Mm. with the boundaries of don't draw on the wall, obviously, but you know, (laughs) make the boundary. This this is what you need. (laughs) This is what you need. Then the time we do it, or even if you need the time to, Mm. for to settle down and the child is flipping out and whatever, because my son Mm -hmm. is very rambunctious. And I mean, on, on another level of just hyper. Wow. And so instead of telling him to go take a timeout, I would say, mommy needs a timeout for about, you know, and we Good worked way up for that. Yes. 10 minutes uh-huh. to, to an hour where as he grew older, we could then take an hour and just have quiet time. 
Mm-hmm. And it actually mm-hmm. became a quiet time we could have together instead mm-hmm. of separately trying to decompress from whatever was going on, right. that we were able to then incorporate that as part of our lifestyle. And he taught mm-hmm. it to his sister and said, oh, yeah. we're going to do quiet time because she also has a lot of energy, but she mm-hmm. has it on a level where she wants to do things all the time, not just yeah. run around because mm-hmm. he was more physical and she's more mental as far as like what right. she'd like to do. And mm-hmm. it's always something that involves with a manipulative or dolls or something. So mm-hmm. he's like, okay, let's take time and do something quiet. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's all h- hang out and just, you know, do a quiet thing. Mom's going to go take her shower. We're going to go hang out and we're just going to do quiet things. And those types of things are also beneficial with the age gap that you have that you're able to then engage right. the older child to then, um, form help form the balance in the home because they already know how things work they already know how you work and then they can help the other child learn how you work so that you can work together better Mm -hmm. and conversation constantly always speaking to the child always Mm -hmm. trying to understand where they're at and what they're thinking because a lot of times like even today was it today we had a conversation it was yesterday me and my, my my daughter had a conversation about what she thought versus what she felt Mm-hmm. what the truth is versus what yes. you feel mm-hmm. and teaching that sometimes feelings aren't exactly true mm-hmm. and weighing feelings against fact to find out whether mm-hmm. or not they're they're true and valid right. because feelings mm-hmm. are always valid but they're not always true and yeah. learning how to then de- de- delineate well, is this feeling true and do I need to then bring this to the forefront tell my mom or mm-hmm. is it a feeling that I need to cast down the imagination. Do I need to bring this thought captive? Those yeah. types of things so that mm-hmm. I can speak truth to myself in the process and then get some backup from mom if necessary to right. make sure that this thing is true or my big brother or my dad and mm-hmm. make sure that this is true. And if this feeling is valid and true, I want to address it. Yeah. And let's deal with that together Mm -hmm. as opposed to bottling and hiding or not feeling expressive uh, ability to express to each person in the house. Right. Yeah. And that that comes with that experience learning versus the book learning, because emotions are part of every experience. Mm -hmm. And we we want to disjoint that when we just learn facts out of books. Um, And again, that goes back to your example, why we don't remember it. Right. Because those emotions are such strong ties that that remind us of all those things that we've learned and that it helped us pull those things out again. So, yeah, so, so important. And um, I know one thing I wanted you to, to um, touch on tonight um, was um, was game schooling. I know it's something that you do and um, we don't really talk about it much on our our show. But um, so what is. What is game schooling? And as a life schooler, how have you incorporated that into your homeschooling? Okay, so game schooling is literally what it sounds like. You learn through gaming. Now, that Mm. can be video games, that can be card games, board games, whatever kind of games, even if you're Red Rover, Red Rover outside. Uh (laughs) Because it's to make everything fun and have those positive experiences Mm. built into the learning so that it is a remembered idea or entity or whatever is necessary at the time. Mm-hmm. My son, for instance, was, uh, he's always been avid in video gaming. He has loved video mm-hmm. gaming since he could figure out what a controller could do right. at, two, <laughs> at two years old, right? So he's always been a video gamer. We knew that he needed that type of, um, mm-hmm. 
response. So we used like the V smile when he was younger oh, yeah. and the Nintendo games like Mario and things that would give him challenges, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So um, he's always been that type of uh, schooler and time for learning actually uh, time for helped him engage all of his senses in that in that way mm-hmm. where it read to and made you engage and had games and things of that nature so that yeah. it would continue to keep him uh motivated to learn mm-hmm. um and then of course there's the card games and there's yeah. plenty of card games where even uno you're doing calculations mm-hmm. and things of that nature um monopoly whatever games that you think that your family would like to do as a family and even mm-hmm. puzzles and that of that oh, nature yeah, we um <laughs> There's so much that can be learned and just from doing the the games because you have to do the math. You got to do sometimes the social cues of things and like, mm-hmm. is he is he really telling yeah. the truth? Is uh-huh. you go fish? Do you really have the card or not? And it's like right. learning to read people <laughs> and uh, really just bonding the family and having a good time together. Um, mm. I mean, even when I came up here, my, my husband and my son were playing Call of Duty. Now, mm. my husband did not know how to play Call of Duty some months ago when my son said, I want to become a Call of Duty gamer and I want to do esports. Hmm. We didn't know that there was such thing as esports. We, right. you know, he uh-huh. was like, these are the things that I've been watching. This is what I want to do. He introduced mm-hmm. us to all that stuff. So now we all play Call of Duty as a family wow. down to the nine year old. <laughs> and we've been playing for almost a year now. So like, imagine he's teaching us how to play this game. Right. Because it's something he loves so much that mm. he wants to experience it with his family so he's telling us how to set up the guns how to mm-hmm. you know the perks and all that stuff because we were green we had no idea but right. now now his father because i have i've gotten to the part where i like i enjoy the game right mm-hmm. but his father is now at the point where he's he's involved in tournaments of his own because hmm. his son right. introduced him to this specific game but they've always gamed together in mm-hmm. some way or form and even wow. like down to Roblox, like my daughter learned to read because of Roblox hmm. because she got tired of waiting for us to tell her what <laughs> the themes were on Fiction Famous. She said, I'm done not reading or uh-huh. having other people read for me. I'm going to learn for myself. So it took her longer to read. She's Good just motivation. now becoming prolific. She's yeah. nine, you know, and they always get it in their time. But now she's at the part where she wants to read books that don't have pictures. Oh, and she yeah. is reading a book about a dragon and a girl that she loves and she it does not have pictures and she's working her way through her mm. part learning how to read and and pronounce all these words so she wow. can understand it for herself but it wouldn't have happened if she hadn't been introduced to roblox gaming mm. so mm-hmm. and we always made it safe we took off the chats and we sat right. with them next to yep. them to make sure it was mm-hmm safe and nobody was you know messing with them and if somebody right. messed with them we took care of it so right. through xbox through through roblox through um uh card games uh like um dungeon mayhem and mm-hmm. and uh, simon's cat and <laughs> through uh monopoly and all uh, the different types of games that we've done we mm. have had so much learning happen and family bonding experiences that yeah. wouldn't have happened otherwise right and it doesn't always have to be on a screen but mm-hmm. it doesn't not have to be on a screen that's a really good point because i think we you know you have segments of homeschoolers that are like you know no tv no you know all of this and i mean that's good to a certain point but you're going to have kids that are going to function in this world and i I really want to point this out what sunny was talking about with you know 
handling those situations with your kids there. Um, that is what truly teaches them how to rightly respond to uh, poor conversations, but people trying to um, to bring them into places that they shouldn't go online versus keeping them away from that. Again, it's back to that lifestyle of learning, that education, that that when you walk side by side with them, and that is so biblical too, that they learn right and wrong as they experience it. Right. Not just by this is yeah. what we do and this is not what we do. Right. Because training up a child also means you are walking with them because yeah. you cannot train them without being next to them. Yeah. You, they're not like a puppy that you can say, sit, stand, mm-hmm. and roll over. It's a person that you have to have alongside you. Yeah. And so many times, even in the Bible, it says, teach these to your children, right? You know, these write them on your walls and talk about them mm-hmm. as you sit in your mm-hmm. homes. And it's all about experiencing it together. Yeah. Which is exactly what we need to do as families, whether we believe in Jesus or not, it's a Mm -hmm. thing that we need to do to have healthy families. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't, you don't have to be a a Christian homeschooler, have to identify as anything, but Mm -hmm. you, as a family, whatever that family looks like, if you can sit down together and just converse and, and share life together Mm -hmm. and even hopes, dreams, and say sorry to each other when necessary and, you know, forgive each other and whatever mm-hmm. has to happen to cause the family to constantly become closer. That's when real true learning happens and continues right. to change a person and want and make them to continue to want to learn as time mm-hmm. goes on. They don't have to think about whether or not they hate learning or love it because it's just who they are. Yeah, that's powerful too. And they take that into them their life without even thinking about it it's it's just this is what we do this is how we live this is the right thing to do and it 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 feels right it's it's not like something that they say okay i'm done with school i'm gonna check the books and now i'm free (laughs) because even while i've been away i've been away from home for over a week now my husband's like yep our middle son's been in the kitchen. He's been making some new concoctions. He makes his own sodas. Um, but he feels better when I'm not there because he's like, oh, yeah, I can take over the whole kitchen without mom. <laughs> but That's... but he's making dinner for my husband, you know, right. doing all these things. But, right. but just because he loves to experiment and learn. Yeah. And that's something that's been the culture of our home. Right. And, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's so important to have the culture of your home. And I want to say also that part of my son's senior, because we did like a senior syllabus to make sure mm, that we covered mm-hmm. like all the life skills and things that we wanted to learn with yeah. him and grow with him. So we made like an assessment for ourselves of what those things mm, like. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to write because he is a, he is a writer. You know, mm-hmm. I want you to write out, um, how game schooling changed your life, good or bad. I just want to see it. Yeah. And to, to waylay any fears about game schooling, I want you to know that my 18-year-old son wrote that he would not have learned leadership skills, mm. um, working together, um, social skills as yeah. any better in the world if he had not had games as his buffer because he was mm. a super introvert and he wasn't comfortable in mm. one-on-one spaces or mm-hmm. with great gangs of people around him. It right. actually caused him to be more comfortable stepping mm-hmm. out of those zo- zones where he didn't have the comfort before. Okay. And then mm-hmm. it spurred him to being able to be a leader in the church, mm-hmm. um, a peer 
a leader for the only homeschooled peer leader for the kids that were his age in our our uh, home our home church's uh, youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a t- teacher for the little kids. He had his mm-hmm. own pot of little children at the church, and he um, also a volunteer to help others when necessary mm-hmm. to do things at their homes. Elderly people, if they needed anybody mm-hmm. need help, he would be there. So that only happened, and he said it himself with his own words. That mm-hmm. only happened because of the experiences that he had, gaining the knowledge that he needed in order to become better at life and uh, interaction with people through gaming. Mm-hmm. He would have never wow. done all of those things if it hadn't been for that. Even the public speaking and down to becoming the president of 4-H for a year, mm-hmm. that those things came from game schooling, from the interactions he had with people online in a safe environment, right. the ability to see what's safe and what's not. And mm-hmm. to um, comprehend how to protect himself hmm. helps him to do those things in real life. So anybody that's on the fence about it, take a look at it a different way. See how it can really benefit your kids. He even had um, forums where he was the uh, former of the forum. Like he was the, the leader of the forums and he'd have people come from different games and he would mm-hmm. be able to um, lead them on expeditions and journeys through these different mm. gaming settings that he would have never done before. But he said, I know I can lead them to victory in this game. So let's do it. Oh, wow. Those, yeah. are, the, those are the things that are experiential. He's never going to forget. And because he was able to write this out and say what he was like before and how mm. it changed his life after. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that he'll allow me to re- release the paper soon because it's really, really good. But oh. um, <laughs> it, it was a beautiful testimony of, Allowing someone mm-hmm. the space to be who they are in a safe environment with boundaries that were healthy and mm-hmm. teaching them through experience how those things can go from online life to real life yeah, and become a part of who they are. Yeah. 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 Now you said something about release something and I forgot to write down to put up on the screen. You have a blog that I'd love for you to talk about. I will definitely, when I, I do the description on the YouTube, I'll, I'll make sure to add it. But can you tell our audience where they can find you online? Um, I'm not sure which blog I gave you. <laughs> I didn't, you didn't give me any. So why don't you just share one and I'll, I'll, I'll put it in later. <laughs> oh gosh. So I, um, sporadically blog and I have a blog that, um, is on WordPress. Um, called the miracle mundane mm. and in that blog i i share the things in life that seem very unrelated to maybe faith or family or learning experiences and in the that place is where i show how those things come together for me mm. as an experience to learn myself oh, that's um, cool. and show how god speaks to me through all these situations and different mm. ideas um and identities of like what i have going on so the miracle mundane.wordpress.com is where you can find me and it's got a big picture that i took one time of um the grass with the cobwebs you know that come on that the the spiders do at night and then in the morning there was this fresh dew and it just was so Mm. beautiful to me so that's the picture that you come up with miracle mundane And then the first thing you're going to see is the last thing I wrote recently, which was called Perception of Light. And that Mm. is about um, 
how the light coming through my curtain hit me in such mm. a way that it that it kind of changed my perspective on something. So if you oh want to look it up, the Miracle Monday at WordPress.com, that's where I put those types of um, ideas that God gives me. And they're very sporadic. I'm not like a weekly <laughs> blogger, <laughs> but there's stuff on there to read. And oh, um, awesome. it, as it hits me, I, I throw it up there on, on that blog. And um, we have, um, we have been talking about how to expand our, our YouTube channel that we have as a family called uh, Kingdom Academia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that is our video gaming and things of that nature. So we're revamping that and it'll probably end up being videos on demand at some point very soon. So my okay. son is talking about how he's going to start editing and do all that. So that's another place you'll find us. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll link to both of those in our YouTube description. So, um, so yeah, well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much, Sunny, for all you've shared. It's it's been powerful and um, and inspiring. And I just want to thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. I appreciate you having me and seeing value in the in the learning experiences that I've gone through and my with my kids and my husband and just it's it's amazing to be able to use this as a testimony to help other people and that's really mm. what you know I live for is just just be able to help people through my own experience and help them to learn what it is that God has called them to learn yeah yeah that's so awesome so yeah so yeah thank you so much for for just being willing to be open and and do that because it's it's um I hope it has spurred many of you on to, to think of homeschooling in a different way than maybe you have ever before. And so, um, so yeah. And we want to thank Bookshark for um, making this broadcast possible. They're our partners um, here at Sped Homeschool. And if you want to learn more about their, um, their curriculum, the free downloads I talked about about halfway through, um, just visit them at bookshark.com and it was slash freebies uh, to get that free unit study. And, um, and so, yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about um, this multiple age learners this month. Um, so so definitely stay tuned. Next week, we actually have two broadcasts because the week after I'm on the road again and I won't have reliable Internet. So <laughs> I'm going to pack them in. So next Tuesday night, we're actually going to be talking about my my guest said we're going to talk about multiple teaching multiple learners without losing your mind, <laughs> which is a very good thing. <laughs> you want to keep that brain, Mom. Um, and then the next afternoon, so Wednesday afternoon, we're going to be talking about optimizing your morning time, which our kids always learn best in the morning. So how do you make best use of that time um, to get in when their their brains are, are working their best? So we're going to talk with uh, another guest about that. So you'll want to make sure to join join us for both of those. And if you listen to the podcast, they will come out on subsequent Sundays. Um, they won't be coming out just right after one another, but that, um, that's all what's coming up as we continue this month's um, subject of teaching multiple age learners or leveled learners all at the same time. So, um, so Sunny, you did a great job kicking us off and, um, and we thank you all for joining us and we'll see you again right here um, next week um, on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you then. Bye.
This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.